as Pastor Brian said, we're doing something a little different for a couple of weeks because I, I feel like there's a couple word, a couple messages that the Lord has really given to me specifically for our church. And I want to share them with you in a very unique way. And I want to ask you real quick while you're still standing, I want to read just six scriptures together while you stand. They're going to be the foundational piece for where we're going. It's in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And I think it's important that we read these together before we're seated. And so go ahead and put them up there for me. It says, sometime later, John chapter 5, verse 1, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. And now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. So here's this pool called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. So it has these five porches that kind of have a covering top in it. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. Watch this. The blind, people who didn't have any vision. The lame, people who couldn't go anywhere. The paralyzed, people who felt like there was nothing changing, nothing happening. But there was one. Everybody say one. There was one there who had been invalid for 38 years, paralyzed, 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. And he asked him, watch this, and this is going to set up where we're going today. He asked him, do you want to get well? Been there for 38 years. Do you want to get well? Before you're seated, will you do me a favor? I want you to look at the person beside you. I want you to tell them the sermon title for today. Your healing is not the holdup. Tell them. Say, your healing is not the holdup. And you can be seated. Your healing is not the holdup. How many of you have ever been asked a dumb question before? You know what I'm talking about? Give you some examples to think about. I think probably one of the dumbest questions is, do you want to lose weight? I have met people who are the skinniest people in the world and they want to lose weight. You know what I mean? It's just, who doesn't want to lose weight? How, how about, uh, are you hungry? Remember that question? Those two go together. <laughs> yes, I'm hungry and, and yes, I want to lose weight. Here, here's probably what I think is the, the most obvious, easiest question to answer. Do you want me to babysit the kids? Yes, I don't even care. You can babysit them while I'm sleeping. Yes, I want you to babysit the kids. And then, and then probably one of the most recent uh, uh, dumb questions that I was asked, we had some friends, we were babysitting their kids while they went on a date. And the wife texted me when they were coming to pick up the kids. And the wife texted Darla and I. And she said, do you want us to bring you crumble? <laughs> yes, right? You don't even have to ask that question. Obviously, yes, bring that to me. And so it's funny because I think there's always moments where you and I come across Dumb questions, questions that, and dumb may be a bit of a harsh word, let's just say obvious questions, like it, it's obvious that I want that to happen, it's obvious that I would like that to happen. And in this moment when we're reading in John chapter 5, it kind of seems like Jesus asked a dumb question, a, a very obvious question, right? Do you want to get well? And it just kind of seems like, duh, who in here doesn't want to be made well, Right? I know right now we're kind of moving into that season where everybody starts getting the sniffles and everybody starts waking up, feeling the crud. And, you know, it's that idea. We, we, we can always be made better. So do you want to be made well? Of course I want to be made well. So it seemed like a very obvious kind of a dumb question, but let me tell you, it wasn't. Jesus' question made a lot of sense because what happened was Jesus had stepped in to a broken system. Okay? So let me explain to you what I mean. 
there was a folk tale going on about this area for about called the Pool of Bethesda. And we don't really have evidence on whether it was true or whether it wasn't true or whether it was completely put together the way that we have been explained. But here was the concept, is that at some point in different time periods, an angel would come down above this pool and would stir the waters. And as the waters began to uh, be stirred, the first person to get into the pool would be healed. And so this was just kind of the understanding. And so this is what caused the crowd to come hang out by the pool of Bethesda is because they believed that if they were there when the angel came down and stirred the water, they hadn't necessarily seen it, but they had heard it. You you, you ever believed something was true, not because you saw it, but because you trusted the source that told you? You know what I mean? And so they were just there believing. And here's the truth. They really wanted it to happen. And so Jesus, watch this, walks into a system where everybody is expecting healing, but he's not seeing anybody being healed. So he walks into a broken system, and now we have a baffled Savior. So you have a broken system and a baffled Savior. Why are you here? Do you want to be made well? And the only connection between the baffled Savior and the broken system is this man that has now been lame for 38 years. And when Jesus asked, do you want to get well, I, I kind of heard him ask it in a different way when I was studying this week. And here's, here's what I heard him ask. What's the holdup? If you're wanting to be healed, what's the holdup? I'm, I'm right here. Your Savior is right here. What's the holdup? And when I heard that, I immediately went to what we often respond with is, well, I'm waiting to be healed. That's my holdup. My holdup to being healed is me being healed, right? I'm waiting. It's a holdup. And I believe God told me this week, he said, your healing is not your holdup. And the more that I study this, listen to what happens. So when he tells them, he asks the man, he says, hey, what's your holdup? The man responds in verse 7 with, sir. Now let me tell you, again, when I read the Bible, I like to read it in our language today. So when I read, sir, here's the, here's the sentence I read. What had happened was... <laughs> Right? Y'all ever said that? If you have kids, you know, well, well what had happened was. So here's what, the, here's what he said. Sir, sir, the invalid replies. Sir, here's the problem. Watch this. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water's stirred. Because I'm paralyzed. This guy, yeah, he's blind, but he can feel his way, and he can move his way to the pool. This guy is sick, but he can still walk, and he can still see, and he can get to the pool. But I am paralyzed. And so I have nobody to take me to the pool. And then he says, I love this, look, while I am, say the word, trying. I'm trying. You ever been there? I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to find healing. I'm trying, Jesus. But every time that I get close to the pool, somebody beats me in. I started laughing when I read that because I thought, this guy is telling Jesus how things work around here, right? It's like, hey, Jesus, let me, real quick, I know, I know you're Jesus, but let me educate you for a second. Let me let you know how things happen around here, buddy, okay? So what happens is the angel comes down, stirs the pool. I can't, I sound like Kevin Hart now. I can't get to the pool. I don't know why I can't get to the pool, but I can't get to the pool, right? And so he's telling them, you know, here, here, here's, here's how things work around here. And for a second, I laughed. And then I realized this man is a representation of me. Because how many times when Jesus wants to do something in my life, I start telling him how it works around here, right? 
Well, you God, you can't, you can't really do that because, you know, my, my, my mother and my father had this problem, and so this is how it works around here, right? Or, or you know, the doctor said this, this is how it works around here. And so I realized that's me. When Jesus starts to want to do something, I start telling him how things work around here. Well, we're in Smyrna, Tennessee, Jesus. Doesn't quite work that way in the South. You know what I mean? We start explaining things to him. And the more I saw me as the man, watch this, the more I saw the modern-day church as the colonnades. Think about it. The colonnades is filled with a bunch of people who have come to find healing. But instead of being healed, they are watching and criticizing those who are changing and making excuses for why it won't work for them. Man. Have you ever been so focused on the situation that you missed the Savior? That's me all the time. I get so focused on the situation that I totally forget that standing in front of me is the Savior. God, I know you want to change me, but the atmosphere isn't quite right. You know what I mean? I, I just, I'm not feeling it, Lord. They didn't, you know, that, that wasn't the song they played the last time you did something in my life. So, you know, we start kind of assessing our situation. Can I be honest? Can I be completely transparent with you? Last Sunday was the largest Sunday we've had as a church since we launched two years ago, or a year, year and a half ago, right? Incredible. 302 people, uh, uh, nine salvations on that Sunday alone. Nine salvations, 22 for the series. Just incredible. God's incredible. The series was incredible. You are incredible because you served and you invited. And, and leading up to me getting on stage and preaching, we had a lot of situations, all right? We, we had a lot of situational issues, if you might want to say. Um, and, and all that's going on, and all I could think about was the situation. You know, I, I know I've got to get up and preach, and I'm thinking about how this is not working right, and this went wrong, and this, and I'm thinking about all these things and the situation. And there, I'll be honest with you, there was a moment where I just kind of took my eyes off the Savior, and kind of started worrying a little bit too much about the situation and started wondering, could people be impacted by God if the situation's not right? And that just tends to be where I fall in. And then after service, I find out that nine people gave their heart to Jesus. And I walk out into a carnival where everybody's having such a blast and everybody's referring to how awesome you are and the church is and all these different things. And I realized at that moment that maybe just maybe the system's irrelevant when I've got the Savior. Right? And I'm learning that we have to be careful what we hinge our healing to. I think a lot of us will hinge our healing to a certain experience, to a certain environment, to a certain expectation. And we have to be careful that we don't hinge our healing to a system when we should be hinging our healing to the Savior. For example, God could bring you to your knees during the sermon, and he can bring you to your knees while you're eating a funnel cake. Right? You, you, you could catch the Holy Ghost during worship, or you could catch the Holy Ghost while you are listening to a CD in the pickup line at your kid's school, right? You, you could have a transforming moment at an altar call or in the shower. It doesn't really matter what the system is, and it doesn't matter what the situation is when you understand that we're dealing with the Savior. And so here's this man telling Jesus, I'm at a disadvantage, Right? Look, at, look, this guy gets to walk, and this guy, he can stand up and run, but I'm at a disadvantage. And I think so many times the enemy gets us convinced that maybe because the system is a certain way, we're at a disadvantage. Well, I don't know the Bible like they know the Bible. I hadn't been in church as long as they've been in church. My, my family doesn't look like their family. I didn't grow up the way they grew up. And we start defining, allowing a system to, to produce a disadvantage that keeps us in our misfortune. 
And watch what Jesus says. He says, man, I'm at a disadvantage. I can't get to the water. And Jesus says, then I'll bring the water to you. This is how my God works. The moment you think that the broken system is keeping you from the Savior, Jesus says, if you can't get to the water, I'll bring it to you. I'll bring it to you where you are, whatever it is you're doing, whatever your experience is. And so the more I understood that, watch this, the more I realized that the question, do you want to get well, is not a question of ability, but it's a question of attitude. The colonnades had become a place where people came to medicate their misfortune. Think about it. If you know there's a place where other blind people hang and you're blind, let's go hang out there. If you know there's a place where other paralyzed and lame and sick people are and you're paralyzed or lame or sick, let's go hang out there. Let's go find our people and let's be in this place where they will make things comfortable for our condition and they will medicate my misfortune. And the more that people came and the more that they had their misfortune medicated, watch this, they found people coming for comfort, not for change. And isn't it funny how we can replace our Savior with the system and we can find a place that medicates our misfortune and we eventually come to the place not looking for change but wanting comfort. The other day, well, not the other day, a few months ago I was working out and I wasn't really excited about the, the, the results of my workout plan. And so there's a lady, uh, her, her and her husband, uh, Caitlin and Brandon Proctor, they go here. They're both extremely in, in very good shape, and they go to the gym that we go to. And so I went to Caitlin. I said, hey, Caitlin, could you help me with my workout routine? Because my workout routine is not quite producing the results that I want it to produce. Um, I, I, my, my routine's off. So could you help me? She's like, definitely. I got you. She goes, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about your diet. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Chill out, you know. Hitting the gas pedal a little too much there. I didn't say diet. I said exercise routine. Those are two totally different things. And she's like, no, it starts with your diet. And I was like, I hate people like you. And so, so she, she gives me all of these like, you know, here, you need to, you need to eat oatmeal uh, in the morning. I'm like, all right, I can do oatmeal in the morning. Put a little granola, put a little cinnamon. And she's like, no, put fruit. And I was like, no. And so I kept looking at her plans. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing any of this, right? So I decided I made a stand for myself that I wasn't eating any of her diet plans. And so I went back to her and I said, okay, I'm doing it. What about the workout plan? Because I thought, I'll just do her workout plan and I won't worry about the diet and I'll be fine, right? So she goes, okay, and she pulls up this workout plan and she has this particular squat that she has. It was named something. And I've done squats before. I work out legs about once every six months. And so I had done squats before. And because you can't see your legs, right? I mean, the, the pattern is skinny jeans. Why do I need big legs? You know what I mean? I, at some point, I want to like Johnny Bravo up here, just big shoulders and little bitty legs. And, and so, so I read this squat thing, and I'm like, what do I do? And so she showed it to me. She said, so she took me over to this machine, and she put the bars. It's called a Smith machine. She put the bar right behind my kneecaps and where it was holding me up. And I'm not even going to pretend to try to do this because I couldn't do it then, so I'm not going to be able to do it now. And her goal was for me to go down all the way down with this bar right here. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? And so I came to the conclusion that I didn't want her help anymore, right? <laughs> so I just said, hey, look, 
never mind. I'll just, you know, I'll just go find somebody else who will medicate my misfortune. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't need anybody trying to change me. You know, who do you think you are trying to change me? And I just realized at that moment that, listen, my routine wasn't my problem. My attitude was, right? And what if, what if your healing is not the holdup? What if your attitude is? What if God is already healed? What if he's just waiting for you to act like it? And if we're not careful, you and I will navigate towards environments, watch this, that try to make our dysfunction comfortable instead of encouraging us to change. How many of us right now have laid out a bed in an environment that encourages your dysfunction and that medicates your misfortune and it's made us comfortable because changing is hard work, right? So again, when I read, do you want to get well, this time I read Jesus saying, do you want comfort or do you want change? So what's interesting is Jesus doesn't drag this man to the pool. There's not this moment where you see Jesus like grab him by his ears and take him over there and just, you know, like, like super slam him into the pool and be like, ha ha, healed. You know, there's not this moment. And so here's what he did in verse 8. Watch this. This is what he says. He says, then Jesus said to him, get up. Everybody say, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Thank you. I was wondering, I didn't know how awkward it would be. Some of us are with us. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. So, so let me see this for a second, Tim. So in that culture back then, it was very normal for people to carry something similar to this. Because they would travel, and they were traveling on their feet. And so they would show up somewhere, and they would kind of roll out their mat. That's a short mat. <laughs> Borrowed it from you, Chris. I can see that. Okay. Uh. That's Jesus, y'all over there. What? And so, so they would lay out their mat, and they would lay down on their mat, and then when, you know, they would sleep, and when it came time to leave, they could just roll it up, kind of attach it to their backpack or whatever it was, and they could carry their mat and go. So that's the concept. So when Jesus says, pick up your mat and carry it and walk, that's, that's his understanding. Here's the difference with our guy, is our guy hasn't picked up his mat in 38 years. Some theologians believe he never picked it up. Some believe he's been that way since birth that maybe his mom and dad took him to the pool of Bethesda, and for a while they took him, and when nothing happened, they eventually at some point just left him. So he's been laying on this mat for 38 years. But what's interesting to me is Jesus doesn't say you're healed. Jesus doesn't say, hey, you're healed. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. He skips the whole healing part. He just says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And here's what I felt like the Lord was telling me that I wanted to share with you. He says this, you can either lay there and let it be a condition, or you can carry it and make it a calling. Right? So here we are, laying in our dysfunction, and the whole time we're asking God to heal us, but the truth of the matter is, I'm comfortable. And Jesus says, well, you have a decision to make. Because the healing literally lies in you deciding if you are going to lay here and make it a condition. I got this problem. This, this, is what I'm, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. This is who I am. This is my situation. And don't by any means make it sound like I'm, I'm putting that down in any way. But I feel like Jesus is saying, do you lay there and make it a condition? Or do you pick it up, carry it, and make it your calling? And then I had this question. How many, 
How, how many of us are praying and asking God to heal us from a condition that God wants us to carry and make it a calling? God, would you heal me from this? And God's saying, I want to use it. I can't heal you from it when I want to use it. A friend of mine introduced me to a guy, not, not literally, but the information of a guy, and I can't pronounce his last name. I think it's Nick Fujic. Have y'all seen this guy before? I've got a picture of him, I believe. I wanted to share it so y'all know. This guy right here, y'all probably seen him before. This guy was born <laughs> with no limbs and no legs, right? So from birth, no limbs, no legs. Come on, if there's anybody, if there's anybody that could have just laid there and made it a condition, it's him, right? But this guy is famous because he's known as a Christian motivational speaker. So he goes around and motivates people with his words while looking like that. Meaning that at some point he took what the, what the world would have told him to lay there and call a condition. He took it, used, carried it, and made it a calling. Isn't that interesting? And so, so the more I see that and the more I'm looking at this man who's been laying there now for 38 years. And Jesus says, do you want to be? Comfortable, or do you want change? Do you want to lay there and call it a condition, or do you want to pick it up, carry it, and make it a calling? What's really interesting about this situation is, according to verse 14, in John chapter 5, the man gets up, he begins to walk, and Jesus runs into him again. And this time, according to theologians, it's the same day, and they ran into, or he ran into him at the temple, and the theologians say the reason he was at the temple is because he had gone to give a thanks offering and to serve at the church. Isn't that interesting? That this man, the very first thing he decided to do, he's, he hasn't been able to walk for 38 years, and the very first thing that he decided to do was to pick up his mat and to go to church, to walk in, to give an offering of thanks, and then to serve. And I'm processing this, and I'm like, well, you know, and I'm starting to realize that this is why we push growth track the way we do. Because I think that for you and I, the moment God starts to work in our life, the first thing we should want to do is to turn around and serve him out of a thanks offering of what he's done in our life, right? And then I started thinking about this. What if our healing is progressive through serving him? What if it's not wait until he heals me so that I can serve him, but what if it's the moment he starts to encounter me in my life, I start serving and living my life for him, and in the process, there comes healing. I, uh, I recently got an update on my phone, the iOS update. Y'all familiar with this? I got this little, little uh, I don't know, you know, message and it said, hey, you know, the phone needs to fix some of the bugs in it, and so it needs to do an iOS update. And so I'm like, all right, iOS update. So I did the update. Now, before I tell you this, let me, let me help you understand something. I, I have to be careful with the concept of comparison. And so for, as a pastor, one of the hardest things on Sunday morning after church is to get on to social media and look at other churches. It, it, you know, it's just, it's just something that I, I deal with as a pastor. I'm sure every pastor deals with it. So I recently found a news app. And the reason why I got the news app is because I could still be on the phone and have that, that medication of moving through a screen. Like, I need it too. Y'all need to pray for me too. I need counseling too. 
but I wouldn't be looking at Instagram comparing. I could look at the news. And so I could look at sports scores, or I could look at Smyrna News, or I could keep up with the Kardashians, you know what I mean? Whatever I needed to do through that process to where I could be entertained, but I wouldn't be dealing with comparison. So I loved this app, and I was always telling Darla, like, hey, I read about this on the news app, you know, there's like 12 shark attacks and like all this kind of different things. And so anyway, now fast forward, now that you know that, um, I get the iOS update, and it's like, okay, you know, your phone is updated, congratulations, you know, there you go. And so I'm like, all right, so I'm going through it, and I go to open up my uh, news app, and it won't work. It's just a little, y'all know the little wheel that spins like this? It's just spinning, just spinning. I can't get it to work. So my phone has been fixed, but I can't use it, right? So I'm understanding what good is my phone to be fixed if I can't use it? And the thing I wanted to ask myself is what good is it for God to fix me if I don't let him use me, right? If God's going to heal me, I should let him use me. God, if you, say, if you brought me up off the mat, then my feet should walk to be able to glorify your kingdom. There's a moment where I find healing as I serve him. So, God, if you're going to heal me, then you get to use me. And then I thought more about it. I thought about this man being in the church. Watch this, y'all. With his mat. So he's giving offering. He's got his mat under his arm, right? Some people know his story. Some people don't. And he's serving. I just wonder, maybe he was vacuuming the temple with his mat under his arm, you know. He's like, I got this, brother. You know, doing a little ties and offering, basket around with his mat under his arm. And the more and more I pictured this, the more and more I realized this. This man did not come to church for a blessing. He brought his blessing to church. See this? He didn't come to church asking for a miracle. He came to church carrying a miracle that God had already done in his life. And what I want to, for me... And what I want to for you be able to get to a place where we don't come to church looking to get a blessing. We walk into church carrying the blessing that God's already done in our life, right? I used to have this problem when we first started the church. Because right now we're at one service. And so if you serve in V-Kids, you don't get to come to church, you know, that day. You don't get to come into service and hear the message and hear worship. And so I would go home and get in my car and I'd be all upset because I'd be like, man, they, they didn't get to experience the blessing of service today. Like they had to come and they served, but they didn't get to hear the message and they didn't get to experience worship and, and it, it would bother me. And one day I was praying about it and I was like, God, they, they didn't get the blessing. And God said, I gave them a blessing all week. So they could have brought their blessing with them. They could come in on Sunday carrying what God did in their life on Monday, right? I want to get to Sunday and be carrying a blessing that God did last Monday. God did something in my life on Tuesday. I come in on Sunday carrying what he did on Tuesday. I come in Sunday carrying what he did on Thursday. Come in Sunday carrying what he did on Friday. I want to get to a place where I don't need you to get me amped up for a blessing. I walk in challenging you because I'm carrying my blessing. Look what God did in my life already. I come in carrying it because it's not a condition. It's a calling. And so I used to come into church all upset going, look at my, look at my condition. This is my condition. But when I get a new mindset of God, I come in, call, come in carrying it excited because it's my calling. What used to be, oh, pity me, now becomes the power in which God is using me. There's a moment where I change and shift from it being a condition to being a calling. God, I understand now that you're healing me is in the process of you using me, and what I'm praying for you to take away might be the very thing you want to use to change somebody's life. Do me a favor, look at the person beside you and say this, say, my church is a BYOB church. Bring your own blessing. It's a bring your own blessing church, right? 
You just walk in. Just come on in with your blessing. Now, here I am. I'm ready. You ready to serve? I'm ready. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, you don't need to be sorry. I came in because on Monday night, God, on Monday night, I got a raise at my job, and that's the blessing that God did. Not me. No, y'all don't cheer for me. <laughs> got a blessing in my job. That's, that's the blessing I'm carrying, right? On Tuesday, I had family time with my kids, and we watched a movie together, and they didn't kill each other, and I thank God for that. So I'm carrying that blessing. On Thursday, I got a good report from the doctor. On Friday, I got to see my mom. On Saturday, All these different blessings. Has anybody had God do anything for you since last Sunday? Anybody? I just want us to get to a place. I was talking to, to I think I was talking to Chris, and I was like, man, today's interesting. He's like, what you mean? I said, well, for the past four days, we have been going so hard, or for the past four weeks, we've been going so hard as a church that we're tired. I said, some of us are sick. You know, it's rainy outside. Y'all know how we get when it's rainy. Go straight into Eeyore mode. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't do 70 miles an hour. And I get it. And, and, and hear me, I'm talking to myself more than I'm talking to you because this has to go through me before it has to even get to you. But God, let me get to a place where I understand that you're working in my life every day. And though you may not be doing the one thing I'm asking for, there's other things that you are doing. And if I will learn to start carrying those things, right? Start walking around with them. There's a difference in waiting versus working. I think so many of us wait for a healing when God says, I wish you'd work through it. So, oh, the pastor said we have to work for our salvation. That's not what I said. But sometimes God's healed us, but we just keep laying on the mat. And there's a concept of getting up with excitement. Man, God is doing something in my life. I've heard this the past couple days. Pastor Brian said it this morning to our dream team. It's a matter of speaking what you believe is going to happen. Right? Man, God's doing this in my life. God's moving in my life. Thank him for this. I'm carrying my blessing. So when you wake up next Sunday morning, I want you to wake up. I want you to look at your spouse or, or, your, or whoever it is that you're near, Okay? Look at them and just say, hey, today, today's BYOB. So we need to figure out what blessing we're bringing to church today. When we walk in the door, we need to understand what we're already excited about. We need to walk into the place and to our seat carrying what God has already done. What God has already done. So here's the most interesting part about this entire story. Is now we got this guy, right? He's excited. God has delivered him. He has gotten up off his mat, and now he's carrying it as a calling. And he's so excited, and he's pumped. And the Bible says that after he gets up and starts to walk, he, becomes, he comes face to face with what would have been the religious, religious leaders of that time. Okay? So this is the conversation that happens. So go ahead and, go ahead and shoot me to uh, John, I think it's 5.9. Says the day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, watch this, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. The law forbids you to carry your mat. You know, when you see a guy who's been delivered or healed or set free, and he comes face to face with religious leaders, 
and he hasn't been able to stand in 38 years, you expect the conversation to go a little different, right? Like, oh man, check you out. Man, look at your little feet, they're moving. You know, like, catch the woe. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of just, like, do something. You're, you're healed, oh my goodness. And they go, is that your, is that your mat you're carrying? Like, that's what you noticed? I just got healed. Look, I haven't stood up in 38 years. I'm standing, and you, you noticed my, my mat? That's madness, y'all. She didn't think it would work. It worked. You know what law says? That you can't be useful until you're 100% completely healed. Law says you better not carry your mat. Here's, what's in, here's what the actual law was, okay? We, we all are very familiar with the Sabbath. The Sabbath is represented by Sunday, and that was, it's kind of a representation of when God created the, the heavens and the earth, and then he rested for a day. So he encourages us through, through the Ten Commandments to have a day of rest. For most people, Sunday is their day of rest. It's, it's a Sabbath. It's a day of rest. But at some point, the religious leaders started adding stuff, Right? And so, like, you couldn't carry a certain amount of weight on the Sabbath. You couldn't walk a certain amount of steps on the Sabbath. Like, there were all these things you couldn't do. This law particular, this, this problem, this, this uh, what, would, what, what I'm looking for, this law-breaking moment here would have been filed under the law of, listen, transferring from one domain to the other. Okay? Listen to me. I got about six endings for this because I couldn't settle on which one gives God more glory. Okay? What, what he was calling a healing they were calling work. Most of the reason that we don't experience healing is because we see healing and we see it as work. And God's saying, it ain't work. It's the process of moving forward. And what if my healing's not my holdup? What if the willingness to move ahead is, right? The other problem, the other ending I see is that law keeps telling us not to celebrate what God has done but wait until it's completely finished to carry your mat. Listen, can I tell you something? God's still working on me. Sanctification is a process. Salvation was then. Sanctification is until I leave. If you come to Victory Church, there will be a Sunday where you leave and go, I'm not sure Troy's even saved. There will be one. And you know why? Because he's still working on me. But I don't need him to completely heal me before I carry my mat. You can tell me all you want to tell me, but I'm going to carry what God has already done in my life as if he's already completely done it because I believe he's working. I believe that even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't know it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. And so why wait to carry my mat until he's finished? Could you imagine Jesus waiting until he was crucified to do any good? No, I'm going to heal now. I'm going to do a miracle now. I know the cross is coming, but I'm going to carry my mat now. Victory Church, I came to tell you something. The enemy's been telling you for a while you better put your mat down because you're not allowed in the law for business. You better pick that mat up. You better serve God. You better glorify God. You better do something for God because he said you free. Set you free. Well, can't serve God because it's on the Sabbath. 
not supposed to serve on the Sabbath. Shut up. What a privilege. Hey, hey, hey. I notice you still cuss a little bit. But let me tell you about what he's done. Right, right. I, I noticed that, uh, that sometimes your attitude doesn't quite glorify God all the time. I know, I know. He's working on me. But let me tell you about what he's done. Let me tell you about all the miracles that he's done in my life. Let me tell you how he's working, how he's moving, how he's changing me. I'm here to serve. I'm here to glorify God. I'm here to do something. God, I got my mat. I got my blessing. And I'm ready to glorify you. That man picked up his mat and went straight to the temple. Why? Because he was so thankful for what God had done. The law forbids it. Ah. It was the last ending that I wanted to spend the most time on. This is so, man, I hope y'all, this was for me, I really hope it's for you. This man picks up his mat, y'all, and he's walking and he comes in contact with these religious leaders and they say, uh, they say, hey, our culture says this is not how it works around here. Remember how this started? He told Jesus, hey, Jesus, this isn't how it works around here. Jesus said, I don't do things the way they do it around here. I don't know what here is. I am here. I am both yesterday, today, and forever. I'm both Alpha and Omega. I was before you. I'll be after you, right? So I don't know what to tell you about around here, but I can tell you about around here with Jesus. And so now this man's got a whole new perspective and he runs into some folks who are still under that same confusion religion and they go, hey, that's not how it works around here. And watch, please catch this. They say, hey, look, it's the Sabbath. So there's only so many steps you can take today. You can't, you're here. We've ran into you here and the exit is over there and you can't take that many steps on the Sabbath. So listen, oh man, listen, sir, you can be healed, but you can't leave. Culture will tell you that you can be healed, but you can't leave. You have to stay in that environment. You have to stay in that mindset. You have to stay in that concept. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You have been healed, so pick up your mat, put it up under your arm, attach it to your backpack, put on them hiking shoes, and get to stepping. And now, watch this, now the question Jesus asked means something totally different. Watch this. Excuse me, sir. Are you sure you want to get well? Because if I, Jesus, heal you, I will not heal you so that you can kick it in the colonnades. If I heal you, it's so that you will get up and leave this place. And if you leave, the people you've been hanging out with for 38 years, you won't be able to hang out with them anymore. 
and the pity you've had because the people who were walking to the temple could look into the pool of Bethesda and see you and they could have pity on you. They won't have pity on you anymore. And all the attention you received because you were paralyzed and you couldn't walk, you won't get that attention anymore. So, sir, are you sure you want to get well? Because when I heal you, it will not be so that you can put on your Instagram hashtag blessed at Bethsaida. It's so that you can get up and walk out. Here was the message for me and here's the message I believe for our church. God wants to set us free and God wants to heal us. But it's not so that we will be the only person sitting at the pool that doesn't have a sickness. It's so that we will get up and move and start serving him and start glorifying him. It's so we will walk away from the condition we've been in. And so many people want healing, but they want to kick it at the colony. And it doesn't work that way. God is a deliverer. He's a healer. He's a way maker. But what good's a way if you're not going to walk it? Can I pray for you this morning? Jesus, I thank you that you are alive and you're moving in this place. I thank you that every person in here can testify that you're either working on us or today you're trying to allow us to give you the opportunity to work on us. God, I just know, I know, I know, I know that your message to us this morning is that, hey, your healing is not the holdup. That's not the holdup. Our attitude may be, our willingness to move may be, but it's not the healing. You are a healer. It may be our perspective. Maybe what we want you to heal is what you want to use, God. Maybe we've already been healed, but we're very comfortable where we are. And it's really hard to get up when you're so comfortable with laying down. So I pray you would just speak to our hearts right now. What you did in the life of that man, what you do in our life. There's people here, they've been experiencing what they're experiencing for 38 years, some for 38 minutes. But God, would you set us free? And as you set us free, will we know that we're getting up and walking away from the dysfunction that we've been in? And that no longer is the goal to bring comfort to our condition, but it's to experience real change in you, Jesus. So I pray right now over every one of us. Speak to our hearts. For the individual who's never given their life to you, I pray you'd be moving right now. For the individual who has lived for you but has been asking for some kind of, some kind of help, some kind of deliverance, I pray this message would be that for them today. Your word is alive and it is moving and is life-changing that you would take it and minister to every heart in this place. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said.